Welcome to the Dogs Are the Best Friends podcast. I'm Emily. And my best buddy, Flynn, is here too. Hey, my crazy for the canine people. Today we have Stephanie with us, and she talks a little bit about her dog, Romeo. Goes on to share with us some excellent information from her experience as a person working in rescue. I don't know about you, but I realized I didn't know much about it. Maybe you or a friend of yours might need this information sooner than you know. (laughs) So have a listen. Should you have any questions of Stephanie about rescue, you can reach her on Instagram. Her name is Stephanie Hadley. Stephanie is spelled with a F instead of a PH, and Hadley is H-A-D-L-E-Y. Next week will be episode 10, and I have a very special episode that I'm working on for you. I realize you don't really know much about me or my dogs and why I'm such a crazy dog person. (laughs) So I realized I probably should talk about that. I'll be sharing about my sweet babies, my three dogs as an adult next week. Stephanie, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so glad that you're here. You have some great things to share with us. First of all, I want to know about your dog and how old he is and what he looks like and how you how you met him, how he came into your life. Hi, yes. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm, I'm super happy to be here and chat with you. Um, so my Thanks. dog's name is Romeo. He is a nine-year-old Australian Labradoodle. And um, our story with him is actually kind of... Uh, unique, I would say. I got him when I was about 20 years old and I was a sophomore in college. And I met a girl who was training a service dog. And at the time I was, you know, pre-vet major and I, I was in school for animal science and I wanted to get involved in that. Um, so mm-hmm. I became the third person in this new sort of group on campus to get a service dog to train. And I was supposed to train him for about a year and a half to two years, and then he would move on to advanced training and be partnered with someone, you know, and be of service to them. But um, yeah, yeah, it's a very long and and kind of complicated story, but I ended up keeping him and, you know, I've had him ever since, but I think it turned out pretty well because I was able to, you know, focus on training him without thinking that I was going to keep him for a long time. (laughs) By the time I knew he was mine, I had laid a great foundation, which has been helpful. (laughs) He's the best. He has also just a really, really sweet, you know, laid back temperament. He's really friendly with people. Um, He likes other dogs, but I think he likes people a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he's just, I don't know. I think dogs are such a great conversation starter too. Like he helped me just Mm -hmm. meet people and make friends kind of everywhere I go. And he's been, he's been like the best sidekick. Is there anything else you want to share about him? Um, Let me think. I mean, one thing I think is important to know is like, even though I spent so much time training him as a puppy and consistently for, you know, year, two years and onward, um, I still am training him every day. (laughs) I'm still working with him every day, especially his leash manners. He is very opportunistic and he loves to try and eat. all kinds of street trash and beach trash and you know he gets he gets like particular with other dogs invading his space a little bit which is a fair thing for him to you know care about Um, right yeah I think a lot of people get dogs and don't quite understand you know the importance of putting in the work at the beginning and then just 
maintaining that as well throughout their life. It's so rewarding and it's so worth it if you can do that, but it is kind of an ongoing job, just like raising a kid. That is the truth. If you want a well-behaved dog, you have to reinforce those things. They don't magically remember them for 10 years. So I, I do the same thing with Flynn. I let him off leash on a dead end road, you know, away from any scary traffic or anything, of course. But, you know, we go over recall and sit and down and everything every day, every morning we do that for sure. Yeah. So dogs are opportunistic, you know, and they're always looking, (laughs) they're always looking to see what they can get away with. And same with me, I take him to the beach and I, I have these little stasher bags that I fill with treats and I take them every single time we go and we practice. I agree completely. I'm so glad you brought that point up. It's an excellent point that people need to know about. Dogs are, they're high maintenance. Mm -hmm. We believe they're totally worth it. So it's a good thing. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad that you're here to talk about rescue. So how would I find a good rescue organization? Funny that you should bring that up because I was just researching rescues and shelters in Uh, like Traverse City, Michigan the other day, because some of my family lives there. And I was just curious about, you know, what their setup is. Um, Sure. Yeah, I mean, so I'm in LA, and there are a lot of rescues here. And I think I can only really like speak to that experience, but I assume it's pretty similar elsewhere. Um, Sure. So here there are county and city shelters. And if you do a quick Google search, you can find like a list of you know, any of those. And those are the shelters where the dogs are turned in and you can go and and meet them there, but it's a little bit more of a chaotic environment. Um, Right. Rescues. I would, I would just Google, you know, rescues by the city or by the County as well. But I've also really loved Instagram as a source. Um, I will like Google or I mean, search for, you know, a, a Los Angeles rescue there and one pops up and then, you know, when you follow that one, it gives you other suggested ones in the area. Right. Oh, wow. That's a great idea. I never thought about that. Yeah, that's been super helpful. And then you can see all of the dogs that they have available and kind of learn a little bit about how they work specifically. Um, And I don't know, you can use like Yelp and Google reviews to some degree. I follow those. But I also think that this is such an emotional business that if somebody has some sort of experience, whether positive or negative, it's going to be really like, extra charged in their review. So very true. I don't, I don't totally take those at face value, but you can kind of get an overall sense by reading comments and reviews. How would it work when you rescue a dog? Do they support you at all? Or are you on your own or? So if you rescue or adopt from a shelter, um, you don't really get any follow-up support and you're on your own for a lot. Um, I mean, the benefit is that you can get a dog for a pretty affordable price, um, but you don't necessarily know very much about their behavior or their background or, you know, sometimes you get surprise medical issues and things like that. And the shelter just most of the time they're pretty overstaffed and or I mean, understaffed and sure um, just aren't able to provide, you know, a ton of additional resources Um, With the rescue that I worked at, I kind of prided myself on making really good relationships and friendships with my adopters and being their support as much as they needed for as long as they needed. So um, they all had my cell phone number. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And I would try and provide them with resources. I mean, anything from training to product recommendations, food, you know, local vets, groomers, um, how to introduce dogs, how to acclimate the dog to your home, 
just kind of like whatever, whatever they had questions about. That's a great idea. How do you find the right dog? If you go to one of these places that, yeah, like you said, they're often understaffed. What kind of wisdom can you share with us or steps to take? How do you analyze the dog, if you will, and try to keep your emotions in check? So if somebody were going to a county or city shelter, um, the way that we would usually evaluate the dogs is kind of walk up and down the kennels. We would just see how they were behaving in their kennel. We would kind of temperament test them, you know, little things like we would blow on them through the through the gate and see how they responded. And then we would always ask the shelter for behavior notes. Um, so any dog that is at a county shelter in LA that's over 35 pounds, they'll put them in play group with other dogs at the shelter so you can get notes on how they interacted with each other. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so we would get play group notes yeah. and then we would ask for medical and then their intake score. So that just means like their handling score when they were first admitted to the shelter, if they were friendly, if they were tense, if they tried to bite, if they, you know, were scared, whatever it might be. And just kind mm-hmm. of take all of those things collectively and make a decision about whether or not to pull the dog. Um, and then at the shelter, at the rescue, when adopters would come in looking to meet dogs, we had an application that they would fill out that just asked a lot of questions about their lifestyle. Um, and then we would have a little interview that was maybe 10 minutes where we would just go over their application and go over all their answers to the questions and help determine what type of dog they think they were looking for and what might be like a good match for them. Um, sure. Okay. And yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things to consider. I think um, obviously your work schedule is a big one, how long you're gone from the day or gone from. Yeah. Huge. Um, yeah. We would have a lot of people that wanted puppies, but they were gone eight hours a day and they might be home for like a quick, you know, 20 minute lunch break. And then they were out for an eight hour period. And I would always advise getting like an, a dog that was maybe a year or older, just because the puppy is missing out on tons of learning um, experiences. If somebody's gone for almost the entire day, you know? Um, yes, that's huge. That's a, Great point, because that first year or so is so crucial. But if they're a year old, they're already, you know, they're able to hold their bathroom and you still can teach them so much. They're so puppyish at a year. My goodness. Two years, a lot of dogs can be puppyish. Yeah. And I just think that I just think that it's 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 more beneficial for the dog if they're a little bit older, if you're going to be gone for that long, you know, because they're just kind of sitting there by themselves otherwise at home. Um, yes, I think a big one too is the energy level of the dog and how active you are currently, because there would be a lot of people that wanted to get a dog to make them more active. But I always would say, get a dog that's like similar activity level as you, or maybe slightly less, because if you get a dog that is, you know, maybe a collie or an Australian shepherd or a Weimaraner and you (laughs) don't spend very much time outdoors as is either you're going to have to start running marathons or the dog is going to become like destructive and bored and have all this pent up energy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Energy was a big one for sure. And then, you know, obviously size apartment restrictions, landlord restrictions, um, if the if the family already had another dog, we would ask them to bring their dog in so we could introduce any dog that they were considering adopting and see how they got along together. Um, yes, that's huge. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I always said yeah. if you have a dog already, that dog makes the decision about who the next one is going to be. Now, do rescues always put the dogs out like into foster homes? It depends on the rescue. A lot of rescues don't have a brick and mortar. So if they don't have a brick and mortar, then most of their dogs will be placed in foster homes. 
If somebody rescues a dog, how do they make sure that they are being the best dog parent? I think that when you bring a dog home, the best thing you can do for them is give them some structure and give them some boundaries. Dogs do really well when they know what's expected of them. And I think a mistake that a lot of adopters make is feeling sorry for the dog because they've been in a shelter and they've maybe they've had a you know, unfortunate circumstances before that, and they feel sorry for them and, and kind of don't give them any rules and let them make their own choices. But really, the best thing that you can do for the dog is um, give them some guidance and take it slow, let them settle in for the first, I say a couple months, honestly, minimum mm, one month, okay. um, you know, right. before you're taking them to brunch, and you're taking them to the dog park, and you're taking them to your family's house. And all of those things, yes. it's, you know, you have to remember that they don't know you yet. They don't have a relationship with you. Even if they're super sweet and they are affectionate towards you, that doesn't mean they, they trust and respect you yet. Um, mm. And those are the things mm. that are really important. And that's how you avoid behavior issues because you have to get the dog to know that you're, you know, you're the leader and you're the one that they should look to for guidance. So, right. yeah, I, I recommend crate training for sure. When you bring a new dog home, I think one, it gives them a safe place to be, um, whether you're home or not, you know, you can, you can kind of give them just, uh, that boundary, um, definitely taking it slow with introductions to other dogs and then just start training right away. Start teaching them yeah. all of the basics, start teaching them to follow you, work on your recall, um, all of those things, just do it really slowly. And then you can kind of build from there. But a lot of people that had problems would take the dog on a hike, you know, immediately after adopting and the dog maybe gets into it with another dog and they don't know that you're the one that's going to jump in and protect them. So right. um, I think it's important to like give them the space and time to acclimate properly and get to know them and, and kind of go from there. I am so glad you hit on those topics because I, I know some people, they've brought the dogs home, like you said, and they just let them do whatever they want to do. And that's just asking for trouble. In my opinion, they need to know who's the boss and that that's a privilege for them to go into the kitchen or go into the living room or whatever. Yeah. And I think there's, yeah, the boundaries is huge. They need to know who's boss and, and that it's, you know, you have to earn it, pal. You know, I love you, but you have to earn it kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So. And if you, I always say, like, don't let your dog sleep in the bed with you at the beginning. Don't let them up on the furniture. Don't let them have just free run of the house. Like, when I bring a foster dog home, I keep the leash on them. Or I'll keep a tag, yes. which is just a shorter, for shorter version. Um, right. For a while, honestly. So that I can follow mm -hmm. through if I ask them to do a command that I know that they know. You know, if I ask them to sit or lay down and they're kind of like, me, I don't, I don't want to, I can follow through with a couple <laughs> leaf on them. I practice crate training with them all day long. Um, and then they have to earn it. Once their behavior, you know, proves that they know what's expected of them, then I can start inviting them up on the couch and, and things like that. Is there anything else that you can offer us to that we really need to know or that would be helpful to know to make an experience of rescuing a dog? just go as well as it can. Because you've given us so much already, but I just thought I'll ask you just in case we forgot something. Yeah. I mean, I think just do your research, know what you're committing to know that like, this is a family member that you're taking on for probably many years to come, hopefully, and right. responsibility. And I think it's so fun. And it's so rewarding. Um, I would just say like research about your lifestyle and what kind of dog might be the best fit for you, not just which one is cutest. 
and right. <laughs> um, you know, have a training program in place that you're interested in doing and, and know how you're going to kind of structure that. I think that's more important than all the tools. Everybody thinks they need to go buy, you know, boatloads of toys and treats and all of this stuff. <laughs> that is less important to me. Dogs really just need, you know, when you bring them home, I would say a proper um, leash and collar. And there are different types of tools for different, you know, dogs and different behavior issues that you might be working with. So do your research on those as well. Um, I do not like, I will just say this. I do not like, um, what are those like flexi, flexi leashes get like a fixed six foot leash on a six foot nylon leash right off the bat. Then you're able to work on their training. If you put them on the long run, you don't have really any control. No, you can't get to them quickly enough to reinforce the sit or something. Yeah. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I understand. I yeah. Think overall, just doing your research, having having kind of a training plan in place, and just knowing that it's going to take time and be patient and, you know, dedicated and just like lay the little bricks every day and <laughs> you'll get there. Right. I want to encourage people to contact you because you are so knowledgeable and this is your joy. This is your love. This is what you're working on and figuring out how to help people. So I want to, Stephanie, I thank you so much for your time today and all the information you've given. This is such an important topic. There are so many dogs that need help in rescuing and they can be excellent companions. Mm -hmm. And with your information that you just have given us, that really can happen now. Thank you so much. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. And this is the perfect time to adopt, you know, everyone's, everyone's home and got a little bit more free time. So, um, I think this is an awesome time. I hope you learned a lot and I am so grateful that you were here. Please pass on this information and please share this podcast because then we can help each other. And also don't forget to subscribe. Next week, I will talk about Morgan, Maisie, and Flynn.